0: Hey everybody, I hope you and your loved ones are safe, happy and healthy. Before you listen to or watch the show, remember to subscribe and follow the Mortgage Broker Club on Facebook and LinkedIn to stay up to date with all the latest news and updates. Please note we are not a mortgage broker and do not lend money directly to clients. Remember a mortgage and or borrowing secured against your home or property can be repossessed if you do not keep up the mortgage repayments. The content of this show is for information purposes only and is not to be relied upon. Stay well, and I hope you enjoy the show. Rogers, I'm delighted to be joined on today's show by Peter Barton, Partner and Head of Equity Release at Ashford Solicitors. Peter specialises entirely in advising clients on equity release schemes. Peter is a member of Action on Elder Abuse, Solicitors for the Elderly and the Alzheimer's Society, Peter is one of the co-founders of the Equity Release Solicitors Alliance and a prominent member of the Equity Release Council. Peter also chairs the Consumer Protection Working Group and is a member of the Long Term Care Working Group and Public Affairs Working Group. Peter, apart from making you blush with uh, that impressive CV, how are you?
1: Thank you, Sean. I'm very well, thank you. Brilliant.
0: You started specialising in equity release in around 2003, as I understand it. Forgive me if I'm incorrect with that date. What attracted you to this area of law initially, and what has led to you continuing to specialise in this area nearly 20 years later?
1: Well, interestingly, actually, you know, and I hate to correct, you, it actually started in 1997 um, with this, with a product under the no-on-defunct MPI, National Providence, um, and... I was very new at the office at the time and I was specializing in wills and tax and trust. So very much dealing with the, the older client basis at the time. And um, a case came into the office and it's thought, well, we'll, we'll give this to the new boy at the time because it seemed to fit in with what I was doing. Was very much kind of the client care, you know, the elderly client care. And it, it was, um you know, very new, very much in its infancy at that time. And I kind of, you know, developed and grew as the product developed and grew from, you know, just one or two products up into the, 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 the mass array of products that we now have. So it was, it was just very much, it fits in very well with what I was doing um, and sort of helping, you know, when people were making wills and powers of attorney, they were thinking about retirement and very much equity release was on that same milk.
0: There's a lot of assumptions uh, made about equity release. Could you explain for us in layman's terms exactly what it is?
1: Well, it's 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 um it's changed a lot over the years. I think, I think the very basic premise is that provided that you're of a certain age, generally over 55, but the whole realm of products open at the age of 60, you you own your own home. It can have existing debts on it. Um, and it's very much designed um, to take a, a, form of a mortgage over the property that in reality is only repaid back when either... You know, you've you died or both of you have died if you're a couple or should you have to leave the property permanently, for example, to give them to a care home. So it's very much a way of funding, either clearing off existing debts or for some other purpose.
0: And for many, equity release has had a, a bad reputation. Um, what changes, if any, have there been in the last decade to improve the regulation of this area? And how could people take comfort in, in let's say, a different, uh, reputation, if you like, in terms of what equity releases in 2021,
1: as opposed to what it might have been in 2010. Oh my goodness, it's unrecognisable from when I first started as as I, as I had back in the in the office in Devon. Um, certainly, the, the the regulation side, purely on the financial, if we look just at the financial advisor side. Um, you know, it's there. Are, there are now several exa- exams to pass before you can be qualified to practice in. Or advise on equity release. It comes. It's very closely scrutinised by the FCA, um, who are always involved. And certainly, there's the Equity Release Council, which which kind of grew out of ship, as it was known many years ago now. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that the Equity Release Council um, have actually um, grown in strength and are willing to, you know, they keep a close eye on complaints. Um, they scrutinise advisors um, and keep very much monitor the advice that it's given. I'm very quick to jump on any complaints and any, any suggestions of, of any poor advice. But from our perspective, I think we, we provide, you know, not only I would I say we are the guardians for the client in the sense that you know, we always now have to see clients face to face. So we, are, we, we, we as a firm operate home visits. So we're not dragging clients across the country to come and see us in our offices. Well, every client we see as a home visit has to be face to face under the Equity Release Council rules. So, I think for the advisors' peace of mind is even in this in this current climate, they're operating you know a telephone service rather than a face to face. You know, the the clients have to sign in front of us a certificate which confirms that first of all that they've been seen face to face, and secondly that they're aware of what they're doing and they fully understand the financial implications of taking out a lifetime mortgage, both. For their own for, for their own affairs but also for the, that of the family so you know since these changes have been brought in in the last decade the number of complaints or potential for complaints has, has dropped dramatically um, and certainly lenders advisors and others alike can always rest assured on the fact they've been seen first so have we, and we produce a certificate and the fact the the financial ombudsman um, bats away any potential claims as, as does the legal ombudsman, um, you know, providing provided there has been that face-to-face basis. And we are certainly at Ashworth we, we video record all of our meetings. So if someone from the family came forward later on and said, well, oh, mum didn't know what she was doing, and then we produce a video showing mum laughing and joking, it kind of adds weight. So I think for the for any advisors listening in, it is very conservative regulated for more aspects. And, you know, there's certainly, I, I like to think that there's, very little chance of a client being unaware of what they've signed up to and any potential complaints in the future. And what are the typical reasons for people wanting
0: to do equity release? I, you know, I think most people could probably guess, but in practice, Peter, you know, is it is it what you would assume it to be? People may be wanting to, um, for instance, gift the deposit to a loved one, maybe a, a child who's buying the first house or perhaps debt can consolidation what what do you see as the most common reasons for equity release
1: i think it has to do with top five i think the first one would be with debt would be debt consolidation um it's staggers me you know how many clients of a certain age still have quite substantial mortgages on the properties combined with ccjs and other debts that they want to repay um and as you rightly say the, the the next number number two um, of those of, of decreasing importance will be will be gifting, I see an awful lot of gifting, particularly, you know, to children to help them as you, as you say, fund a house purchase or to reduce their own borrowing. Um, or indeed to save inheritance tax. You know, it's, particularly in London, it's it's very rare to see an equity release scheme of less than 100,000 and being released, you know, gifted you know, after seven years, you've saved 40,000 in tax, depending on the size of the estate, of course. So gifting is another main reason. Um, a third one would really be very much the, I suppose, provision for future care needs. So we, we, we do have people who want somebody set aside to pay for care, either for somebody already in the home or to pay for care at home. So, so a lot of people now are taking the view they don't want to end up in you know, some care home, they'd rather pay for a, a live-in care to come in with them or to pay for private care. Um, after that, Really, there, are, there are many other reasons but largely be you know you, you see the adverts on television suggesting people are buying motorhomes um and actually the price a lot of, it, of course them are they, you know it is but the, the, the motorhome purchases probably were quite high up or changing the car um you know we get very very few you know traditionally luxury um you know, uses for the equity skin but it is the motorhomes it is the holidays actually do people people family weddings and things like that that come up on later on, so was it help to divorce
0: yeah I can imagine a lot of my I know a lot of my cousins and friends pull their parents like a little bit saying what are you doing Spending my inheritance with all these yeah. holidays can you <laughs> can, can you now hold back a little bit on them please the Is there any age barrier to equity release you know' can it over fifty fives do it is it strictly over sixties is it over sixty fives
1: um these there are, the, the barrier is 55, you, you can't borrow on a lifetime mortgage under 55. When you get between 55 to 60, there are fewer borrowers, available, fewer lenders available. But 60 is the, really the, the main starting point. There is very much. There's not really an upper age limit, but certainly lenders are always very concerned when it's people late in the 90s. Um, it does reduce the amount of lenders available because they have obviously have concerns about lending at that age. But certainly I've I've assisted in a lifetime walk to a 103-year-old who was completely alert and and, and with it far far more than I am. Um, So there was no upper limit, but certainly there was a lower age limit of 55
0: Wow, I think there's quite a lot of Everton fans out there that might need to live 203 to see the <laughs> yeah. trophy. Actually, on that note, um, uh, sorry if, if I ever can mention a football and and B Everton and something like this, then it I, could I'm be worse. Bad.
1: Sean. it could it could be worse. You could support Bulls and Wanderers like I do. So, uh, uh,
0: fair, fair point. Well, congratulations on the on the promotion. Um, yeah, thank my, you very much. Yeah, my League sister-in-law, her family are all Wanderers. So,
1: yeah, League Two team of the year. I won't mention that, but yeah, there you go. <sighs> <laughs> no, good. Good to see you uh,
0: moving back up the up the leagues. Definitely. Yeah. What criteria on equity release do you need to apply when assessing whether you can represent a client? And um, as an example, when would be an example where it wouldn't be suitable to proceed with equity release apart from the age barrier, of course?
1: I think certainly we, you know, as as a firm, we also have to watch out for cases of where we suspect. A vulnerable client. We're not saying we would say no, but certainly we've had, we seem to be getting more and more vulnerable clients who aren't being taken advantage of, um, be it through family or through carers. So we're not satisfied that actually they fully understand what they're doing or undue influence is being put on them. We will cease to act. Um, And I think that's, you know, it's not even a matter of, you know, Reassuring the client and, and being certain that they understand. I think when we when we appreciate that they are being put under under pressure, we do withdraw. Um, and I do, you know, it's, and it's a difficult one because you know we always take the, we always have the concern that actually the customer or the person who's causing the abuse will just go to a, a different solicitors. But I know the council are looking into almost a kind of um, you know a GDPR proof sort of whistleblowing to make sure that people can't borrow. Other than that, I think certainly. Certain criminal offences, if people have committed certain criminal offences, then the lenders will certainly decline from acting. And other than that, really, the only time we've ever been unable to act is if the client's property deeds wouldn't allow it. So, for example, if it's, it's the same as a financial advisor would we'll look at if, if, for example, the lease was too short and the clients weren't willing to extend it or proximity to a business. So we had a property that was declined just, just yesterday, but there was only two doors down from a pub, and there Personally, I thought that was a bonus and should add value to the property, but um, the lender the lender didn't take, take take that view sadly. So there's very few instances that we would decline, and you know, even even with loss of mental capacity, as long as the client is a power of attorney in place and the attorneys are on board with it, we can proceed.
0: Watch out for your pubs. Um, on that basis, what are the, what's the process look like from a, a, a Someone instructing a solicitor, Peter. What are the key milestones and what kind of timeframes would someone be looking at to do equity release?
1: Oh, I always say we are—we are very much, you know, the, the the very end of the chain, as it were, of the, the process. Once once it gets to us, it should really be plain sailing. You know, we recognise at Ashurst that the, the the most work and the hardest work is done by the financial advisors, um, which is why we're always doubly careful to make sure that we look after clients. So if for example, Sean, you email me and say, Peter, or use the online instruct. You know, we would open that case within 24 hours. So the first milestone is we would email you Sean and say, Sean, and we, we make contact with the clients. And we always give the clients a ring and send them for our formal engagement letter. And we'll ring them before they get that letter to let them know exactly what they'll be receiving and what we need back straight away. After that, the next milestone really is the offer coming out, which obviously, as we all know, on the call can can vary. It tends to be about a week to two weeks from um, the advisor submitting application. What you know, uh, we always say to clients: client, when you receive your offer, will get ours about four or five days later, because of the lifetime mortgage equity release, and um, the lenders have their own solicitors. So, my copy of the offer goes via their own solicitors, who produce the mortgage pack and the mortgage documents that the clients sign. So, there's a say three to five day delay from when the client gets their offer to me getting mine. the next milestone is the offer, us getting that. We will be contacting the client within 24 hours of receipt of that offer, usually the same day as before three o'clock. Just to say offers in, are you happy to go ahead? Can we make that appointment to come and see you? We'll notify the advisor at that point. All the clients, also all the advisors will have access to our online portal um, so they can get up to updates anyway, but we'd always email an update through. We then instruct our travel solicitor um, to make an appointment with the clients and we again, we let the advisor know what date the appointment is. Um, after that, it's very much a next milestone is where the documents are back in and sent off to the lenders, solicitors and then after that, it's, it's completion. But at every key milestone, the advisors are updated. So
0: would it be fair to say that people will be looking at maybe a four to eight week window? I think that's fair. I,
1: I think from from... from from submitted submission of application, I would say if you are have a couple of weeks for of the offer, then we would say three weeks from the issue of the offer, provided the lender solicitors um, are firing on all cylinders. Big if. Yes. Yes.
0: The you touched on some of the reasons why equity release might fall through or not meet criteria. Once you've started your work and been formally instructed is it pretty much guaranteed that it's going to sail through because like you say a lot of the work's been done with you know brokers before that point and lenders before that and if things do fall through is there anything that that's can do to mitigate against that or is it or is it in essence to do with maybe lenders and under you know down valuing for instance or things that they can't really do much to mitigate against once they're at that point
1: well i think my advice would always be to advise us you know, we can dramatically cut off the not taking up the the NTU cases, as we call them here, the not taking up cases, by when the, if the client if the advisors look at the diary on a Monday morning and see what I'm speaking to to three clients this, this week about Equity Choice. If the advisor emails me with the name and address, we'll get copies of the deeds. as If a case is going to decline, it'll be on the, you know it's very rare that it'll be declined on the state of the property. It'll be more on what's on the deed. So you know, we can provide the advisors with a copy of the deeds and I, and I will flag up to the advisors any particular issues. So, you know, we can kind of, you know, any issues can be spotted early on. And um, so the so the advisor can almost set the very first meeting, look, there's a, an overage agreement on the deeds or we can see there's this other issue on the deeds, who's this person on the deeds that we need to get rid of. So any kind of problems can be, you can troubleshoot quite early on. And certainly we we find that we have Less than, less, less than 5% of cases don't complete. Um, and that just tends to be because you know, there may be a historic restriction on the deeds that the lenders don't like or that we can't get removed. Um, but, but most things are, you know, we can overcome. So even things like a lease extension, solar panel, you know, lease variations are very common at the moment. The drivers us the old solar panel leases. They all seem to be thrown on people's roofs. With a very poorly drawn-up solar panel leases at the time, but most things we can, I say, we can resolve.
0: How long does it take you to turn around that kind of initial search, Peter? If if, if clients were to ask their brokers, or brokers were to approach you directly on that,
1: as long as it's within the work, as long as it's during the working hours, same day. So if you email me at nine o'clock, I'll probably be email you by ten o'clock with a copy of the deeds. Marvelous. And I will I'll, I'll always, put a, sorry, sorry, I'll always put a commentary on it, saying nice deeds or watch out for this restriction, or you know, the owners tenants in common, so watch out for, for example, for LV who don't lend on tenants in common, that sort of thing.
0: No, that's, that's absolutely fantastic information and great and great to hear. The what if um, a borrower has got a lasting power of attorney in place? Um, I think many might think that that's a hurdle that can't be overcome potentially with equity release. Uh, but my understanding
1: is you're a bit of
0: an expert in this area, Peter, and you would differ with that assumption.
1: Yeah, rumour has it that I'm an expert, but you know, someone someone argued against it. Certainly it, it very much depends. If they can't have a power return in place, then if if obviously if they've still got capacity, all the lenders insist that the borrower themselves sign it. Um if the if the borrower hasn't got capacity, then as long as the purposes of the loan meet the lenders criteria you know in other words it has to be used for, you know has to be used for the benefit of the borrower can't be gifted away then it, it it would take no longer to complete a power of attorney case than it would a standard case
0: understood and how is the market looking at the moment peter how has it been over the past 12 months in particular having to adapt from face-to-face meetings to things like zoom and, and skype and um, because of
1: the COVID restrictions on home visits and so forth. Well, so, uh, interestingly, we as a profession have managed to overcome the restrictions. Um, we've not had at any point where we've not been able to continue to do the home visits because we've been an exempt um, class of, of workers that can still go and see clients at their home because it's part of a financial process. So we're still going we still to have the face to face visits, although the the council have allowed. Zoom signings, but as long as an independent versus is present, so so for us the it's been quite uninterrupted. The lenders have struggled. Um, if we're completely frank about it, certainly this time last year there were it was a dreadful situation because none of the valuers would go out, so so we had to resort to desktop valuations, which caused a huge um, delay in pipeline. Um, but market in terms of business levels at the moment, it's a very tricky one. It's we are as busy as we were this time last year, but it just feels quite flat. I don't, I don't know why, I think, I think everyone's waiting for June 21st, um, and I think, but certainly, you know, customer, you know, I think the customers certainly are very gun code. they've all had their two jabs now, um, but I feel it just needs quite a bit of injection of advertising on television to, to pick things up again.
0: Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth from my perspective, I, I think you will see an increase later this year for a number of different reasons one being the actual one for what you've just referenced there the potential 21st june i know it may well be july now at the time of recording it looks like full you know a full opening of everything's going to be put back yeah. but i think this september um september 2021 will be the end of a lot of the uh government schemes to assist yeah. you know obviously you, you know, you look at things apart from stamp duty and everything else going on. If you actually specifically just look at, I think 17% of the country, um, you know, are still not back at work full time. Yeah. Um, but the benefit, yeah, they're benefiting from their 80% pay, mm. uh, if you can call it that, that benefit. But the problem is in the private sector in particular, um, you speak to accountants and you speak to a lot of people in that industry. They're very scared about what's going to happen to the private sector September 2021 onwards, um, with the end of some of those uh, support mechanisms for businesses, especially as some of them will have been reliant on summer mm. um, business being driven into them yeah. and you going into the know the autumn and the winter months there and then on top of that i think you've got unemployment at three four percent increasing and then you've got also the repayments on uh, Mm -hmm. bounce back loans and sea bills loans and other things like this which obviously they can be put back and stuff but the pressure on businesses i think it's interesting companies like santander and hsbc and pretty much every commercial bank will not allow a business account to be set up right now um with or without even without an overdraft you don't need to seek any lending um, a lot of banks were were allegedly very difficult to set up an account with. And I think that reflects, A, that banks' resources are being taken mm. up massively with their existing uh, commercial customers anyway and, and everything else. So I don't think it's necessarily they don't want to lend. I think part of it's down to resources mm. um, and, and how they spread those internally. But I do think, look, you know, speaking to a lot of people in, in those areas, I think the reason you may well see that boom in, in equity releases, one, potential redundancy for the for the over 55s go to your IFA what's in my pension maybe not enough is the answer coming back and therefore you know it might be that you don't have the luxury of 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 going back into employment or it might be that you don't want to have that choice necessarily go part-time or something and therefore equity releases that answer but I also think it might be the banker mum and dad having to bail out children Seen Barclaycard card in the last twelve months significantly reduced credit facilities available to people because they're really concerned about lending and so yeah. forth. So, and I also have seen a lot of mortgage brokers um, start to uh, encourage um, brokers to take their exams in equity release and add that arm to their business. Um, and they've got their own, uh, you know, seventy odd percent of business is word of mouth recommendations for a, a lot of mortgage brokers. And therefore, you would imagine that. In, there would be more there because rather than them either a paying no interest in it or B um, having to risk referring them elsewhere, if you like, the yeah. ability to do that in-house, I think may also add to that. Not so much marketing, but certainly word of mouth because, yeah. Hey, we do this. They've already been trusted to do a mortgage for friends, mm. family, whatever in the past. So I, I think you will see an increase in that particularly September, uh, yeah. October onwards. What, what, Peter for you and, and either for you personally or for the firm what do you want to achieve in the next 12 months what does the next 12 months look like for you
1: I think from our perspective we have lots of things on the go at the moment with, with IT so we're we're finalising the development of our client portal so as I mentioned earlier we have a financial advisor portal where they can get updates 24-7 um, virtually live obviously with, the, with the, I think it's a one minute delay as to as that well you know we've been working hard in the last 12 months to try and Make it more of a paperless system for clients as much as anybody. Obviously, we're constrained with our client base that some of them have a computer in the corner, which has probably got more dust on it than um, than anything's not even plugged in. So th- that's a working progress. I think as a as a firm, we're trying to just trying to you know grow in our expertise. So for 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 us, we are strengthening our our real proposition, our retirement to just mortgage proposition. So we actually gave a host of seminars on that several years ago, and I think we were, we were probably 12 or 24 months too early. We, we toured the country, myself and one of my colleagues, giving these talks in, in association with several lenders, and they were very well received, but the volume is now, so we now starting to see the RIOs aren't coming you know, to the fore, so they'll, they'll never overtake um, lifetime mortgages. But they certainly seem to be, you know, as you, as you were saying, it's very much a, Okay, we don't feel we're old enough equity, at least we have some income, so we can still keep on paying something. So we're very much looking at development of our, our real offering, so as a department. And as, and as a firm, we are looking to kind of specialise in our niche areas, so we have quite a strong wind, wind farm um, legal sector and other areas as well.
0: Well, thank you so much, Peter. You've been an absolutely fantastic guest, and Thanks. thank you for listening. Thank you um, very you can find out more information about how to contact Peter and Ashford in the links to this show. And um, Please share and spread the word about the MLC show. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit us with a five-star review. And remember to check out
1: the products and services at myleapub.co.uk. More importantly, stay well and please take care.